Okay, it's podcasting day. Uh, and nobody would be surprised that uh, Miss Anderson hyphen McGovern and I just <laughs> spent the first 18 minutes talking about what we we're going to talk on the podcast. <laughs> um, but here we are. So, oh my goodness sakes, let's start with what we actually should start with and tell them who you are. I am Jessica McGovern, um, formerly Anderson, but you can find me at photosandanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also find me now on Instagram on my business page. It's just at Photos with Anderson. Go find me. Go find me. She needs friends. She likes friends. Yes. And I am Rachel Vote. You can find me on the Book of Face. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, Vote for Parties. I've been contemplating changing the name, but I don't have any. And only, only for easeability to find but i don't know anyways vote for parties for right now check out the stories empowerment classes are kill it up one-to-one sessions are booking i'm full for holiday week i'm so excited and we're recording this thanksgiving week um just in case you're listening on the playback and that just means a lot to me so i have a short week but it's jam-packed this is gonna be really fun okay um and i think that's it i don't know oh no i'm on tiktok now <gasps> Yay! Yeah, I I commissioned one of the women in my organization who is a little younger than me to teach me how to use it. And I said to her, I said, I'm gonna wait till December first. Like I'm gonna plan some content and then I'm gonna I'll I'll upload it. And she's like, okay, that's great. I think I uploaded something the next day. So anyway, <laughs> here we are. So go ahead and go on over to a good girl's guide on TikTok if you want. Um, there may be some pandering sometime. I can't. I can't say that I'm not going to do a dance or two. I feel obligated to do one. We'll see. Anyway, um, so today we definitely feel like. Well, I mean, I, I'll speak for myself. I suppose I feel like it's going to be a slight bunch of rambling, but. If you've listened to any of the podcasts previously, you know that that always has it has it has something that you'll take with you, hopefully, in the conversation. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm actually kind of excited because it's a problem of mine. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because ugh, somebody that I am not in alignment with right now posted something yesterday about fake book being fake book, and everybody's doing their highlight reels, and. It wasn't directed at me. It, she's she's growing her business, so I knew I knew that it was um, a targeted kind of response. But it frustrated me because it was like, "Girl, my Facebook ain't fake." Like, and I mean that genuinely. Like, I am very much an upbeat, happy person, obviously these days, and I definitely am looking for the lesson in everything um, because yeah. I know that that will change my mentality about certain things. But it it's not to say that obviously that there are still challenges they're supposed to be challenges they're non-stop but i i do feel like personally um i'm going through something that i just need to word vomit is what i was saying to you earlier and it's hard for me sometimes to to do the personal conversations um for a myriad of different reasons one being because i have boundaries with my husband and he is not as public as i am he never has been and it has nothing to do with what i do it just he doesn't even have social media um the other part is because I tend to be an oversharer anyway. <laughs> I always have been, which is a slippery slope into gossip, in my opinion, because that's who I used to be. Um, <clears throat> but mostly because I usually prefer to have some reflection on the time of that challenge after I've discovered the lesson to be able to properly share. This is what I learned from it. So one, it's not as embarrassing to share the folly of what you're going through. 
And two, because it's not just bitching and moaning, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, however, this this thing that's happening right now is still ongoing, and it will be for a while. And I feel like maybe, as I had said to Jess before we started, that it might give me some confidence to be able to navigate the conversation <clears throat> continuing with my husband, because that's where I'm at a pass. So some background on our conversation here. Um, my ex is moving to Texas, and that is happening before the end of this month, by the end of this month. By the end of this month. And my ex and I, um, who is Cole's father, so my firstborn's father, we were together for 12 years. We started dating when we were 16. We had a very tumultuous relationship. We were very back and forth. We were very unhealthy. We were very young. We were very naive. Uh, We didn't know what we didn't know about a lot of things. Um, So when Cole was five, we split up. We were actually engaged to be married. We had planned the wedding. Uh, We had been in couples therapy. We were only about five-ish, six, six, five to six months from the wedding when I called it off. And um, I think to much of a lot of people's surprises, it, it stuck in terms of finality. Like, we did not get back together. We, um, it, was, it was it. It was just it was the final, final time for us. Final curtain call. So after that, things were not good between Brent and I for a while. Very understandably. There was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of pain. <clears throat> um, I didn't acknowledge any of it. Um, at first, even though I felt a lot of guilt around the decision that I made and not because it was the wrong decision, but because I knew how it had impacted everybody and even more so him than my kid. I was less worried about my kid than I was worried about him. And so, um, through a lot, like I got into a relationship with my now husband, um, and being in that relationship with Tony allowed for me to be a completely different person for Brent. Not only like from the, the friendship level, but because I was growing and because I had no threat in my life anymore, com- like for like woman wise to feel like I was, somebody was going to leave me or somebody was better than me, that it allowed for me to become an lend a lended ear to him as a friend in his relationships uh, because there was no threat. I, I felt no threat about, not having like the mother role for my kid. I had zero threat about somebody being with my ex. Finally in my life, I had that peace that it allowed for me just to be a subjective friend. And, um, that was how our relationship grew because he was going through some stuff and I was just there to be a friend and listen. And he had a couple more relationships after that. And then he was single for quite a while. Um, there was, Still disagreements, um, mostly financially between the two of us. Um, and when I kind of just detached from that, like it just does, it's not worth the fight anymore. Like the energy, it's not worth going back to court. It's not worth refiling. I'm just leave things as they are. And I say that to people, not like to give myself a gold star, but I need you to hear me that I'm just going to tell you, I get like $64 biweekly in child support, $64. And I could easily now go back because it's been, I mean, I've gotten the letter. You can refile, you can refile, you can refile. Um, And I had the conversation with my husband and it took me a long time to have the conversation with Brent, but I have voiced my concern that I believe that he is the father he needs to be. 
and anything that comes up financially, he's willing to discuss. He's willing to, to if it has anything to do with coal, there's never even been a question. Yep, let me give you half. Let me give you half. And there's some things that I've just let go, like paying a cell phone bill. I don't even bother collecting the money on that anymore, mostly just because it's a pain in the ass. And he would still Venmo me if I wanted him to, but that's his financial thing. If he wants to pay me, he can pay me. I believe that we are equal parents. He shows up emotionally for that kid that I don't have to question you know, finances anymore. And that's a relief for me. And that's why I share that story because to not have to think all day, every day about the pennies and cents that I'm going to have to try to collect from this guy, it's freeing and it's opened our relationship up. And I'm sure it takes so much pressure off of him on what I'm going to do or how it's going to change his living situation. If he has to, you know, whatever, whatever. Okay. So, um, he started dating Haley. <laughs> this is where we're segwaying into. Uh, he started dating Haley. I, I, I was pregnant with Olivia when I met her. So it's been at least three years that they've been dating. And um, I didn't know a lot about Haley at the time. I really actually didn't until like this last year. <clears throat> but she was a nice lady. And I had no qualms about her. Cole adored her. And so when they first started dating, like shortly after, like three months later, he, she moved to Texas. And so they have been in this long distance relationship for the last three years. And um, about a year ago, when I first started doing the empowerment class, he came to me and was like, you know, I don't feel like anybody knows me better than you. And I would really just like to pick your brain and said to me, like, you are just a different person. So I'm really kind of interested to see what you have to say. So we met, we um, got together. He, you know, he was massively concerned about losing her. She had qualms about the relationship and he didn't know what to do. And um, so I could not only not be a friend in that perspective, but through personal development was now everything I was, whatever you want to call it, and was able to just lovingly tell him, listen, you are repeating the exact same behaviors that you did in our relationship, right? You need to get your shit together. Like he, he, he's got a job and he had a job and that was great. But I'm like, emotionally, you know, you need to give her space. I bet you're suffocating her. That's what you did to me because your value and self-worth is that you needed to know where I was all the time and you need to know where she is all the time. And you don't look at it as jealousy because it's not jealousy, but blah, 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 whatever. Okay. I don't need to, I don't need to blast his faults on, on my podcast. Okay. But we had this very open conversation and he was very receptive. It wasn't defensive. He was very receptive because he was like, I, I, I want to know what I can do to make this right. And I'm like, it's okay, kid. Like, that's what you need to do is just graduate to an adult relationship instead of operating from our teenage behaviors, okay? So he actually was the first guy to sign up for my empowerment class. First guy to sign up for my empowerment class. Um, and this is just a funny story, guys, because I had to take him because he didn't have a car at the time. <laughs> so I had to take him to the class. And um, so on the way home, we I don't even know how far we were into the car ride, but I finally go, okay, so it's kind of killing me. Like, like, what did you think? And... He was like, well, I'm frustrated. And I'm like, oh, great. And he was like, it was a good class. He's like, but what you really made me understand was that I had a lot of my own work I had to do. And I was like, cha-ching, because that's exactly what it was. And this has this is not a reflection of me, because I'm sure all of this stuff was in the making before the class. But within three months, he had a vehicle, and he paid me all the money that he owed me. So um, let's fast forward to, I would say, roughly two months ago. So roughly two months ago, he was having, well, let me back it up just a little bit further. Probably we were in this house. So within the last year, uh, he was ha something about driving to Texas to see her or something like that. She mentioned something about, you know, like um, being together long distance, something about mention of living. I don't know. Okay. 
And I said to him, like, without hesitation, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I would assume that you would be in Texas at some point. And the look on his face, I could instantly tell that he never thought I would say that. He never in his right mind thought that out loud I would say something to the effect of a blessing of go and be there if you need to. And it was very light. Like, I assumed you're, you've been in this relationship for this long. If it's working out, she's already been in Nebraska. She must not be coming back. So eventually you'd be there. And... You know, it's not an, it's not a secret that we plan to be in Colorado. And so I immediately said that right back to him. It's not like we won't be in Colorado at some point. So Cole will have both of his parents in two locations. And there was just relief, I could tell. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that was kind of the end of the conversation, like I said, within like the last year or so. And then we'll fast forward to two months ago. Um, there was some trouble in their relationship and so he was like I just was wanting to know if I could pick your brain blah 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 absolutely so we ended up having like an hour-long conversation um about well this so you know it came down to just go I told him and <laughs> it's gonna make me emotional because it was just like I could tell I could feel that he felt like he was holding himself back. He could he he had this internal dilemma about I'm I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm doing all this work on myself and it feels like it's for nothing because I feel like I'm losing her. And I feel like how could I how could I leave my son? Like I could feel that in our conversation and he just needed to hear me say, just do it, just go. Just you have to give it a go. You have to try. Like, if you can't fight that this is who you're supposed to be with, then this this is the time in your life to do it. And after that conversation, within two weeks, things escalated quickly. He figured out that he had an extension of his job down there. Like, uh, he figured out that he could find somebody to take over his lease so he didn't have to wait until that was over. And it was just like the ball was rolling. And he, you know, he would call me and check in with me and tell me, th like, you know, like this, this, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe it's moving so fast. And I'm like, if it feels right, like, do it, dude. You got my support. It's totally okay. And all along this, this way that I was so excited for the both of us and our growth and our relationship as co-parents that I didn't even realize that I had kind of been keeping Tony out of the loop. Like, not intentionally, but it was kind of like, I, I don't think I had even mentioned that, like, because it was so quickly, I had... I he was behind basically is where we were at with that you know so I remember distinctly texting Tony that Brent was going to be moving and it looked like it was going to be before the end of the year and um he was upset he was like how could he even think about doing that and I was taken aback by that I was quite surprised and and you have to hear my heart when I say that it wasn't because I was mad or angry that he felt that way. It was that because all of a sudden somebody was slapping me with a different perspective that I hadn't even fathomed because I was only seeing it from my view and mostly Brent's and that was it. And my kids, of course, but that conversation will come later. Um, you know, and so this particular portion of the conversation needs to be prefaced that Tony and I do not disagree very often in our relationship very often at all so much so that one of the very first gifts that he ever gave me um, is this adorable little two pane glass thing where I wrote little love notes on some pieces of paper and he took those love notes and wrote something sweet on the back of them so you can see his side and my side and one of the pieces of paper said we never have to agree to disagree
And that was kind of cool because that that was cool. We'd always gotten along. We'd always seen each other's views. And then recently, through personal development, we had our first agree-to-disagree moment. And I feel like... I don't feel like I compromised more, but I definitely... Like, if you had to say somebody lost, it was me. And I'm not resentful or angry because what happened is we were able to sit down and see each other's sides. And the only way to appease his side was to kind of... I'm not going to say fully back down on my... like. This is all that it was. It was silly. Like, my daughter, my tiny little daughter was finding vibrators around the house because that's what I do for a living. And um, as somebody who's in personal development, my stance is different than his, right? I think vibration's natural and babies crave it because, you know, it sounds like mommy in the womb and she's not far from that. So why wouldn't she like it? And he, of course, comes from, it's a sex toy in some people's eyes. And I don't want my daughter waving it around when people come over. And I can understand that. Um, and so while our views on the situation itself still differ, it doesn't change that I respect what he's saying. And I just am incredibly diligent about when she has those and when she sees those and that they're in a certain place and so on and so forth. So there was compromise. But it was still very distinctly the very first time we ever had to agree to disagree. So in this moment, you know, he's expressing his side to me, which is, what I think is puts me in the biggest rock in a hard place because I, I can't even sit here and be upset or mad that the person I married cares so much about my biological child that it's causing a rift between us because his perspective on this is that it well not only does how dare he because it affects us and. I didn't even think about that. I did not think about... I mean, I, I knew that when Brent left, that meant I was going to be a full-time parent again um, to one, both of my children instead of just one of my biological children. Um, I knew that it was going to be... That's what it meant. But it's also like, we weren't that far anyway. Like, I was already taking Cole to school every day and picking him up because of Brent's work schedule. And obviously, I didn't have my kid every other weekend. But I, I, I just didn't see... And if anything, well, I, I want to write this one. This is a note for me and Tone because it's not, that's something I can't share yet. So anyway, so the conversation is, is that, you know, that's where he's at is that, you know, it came down to uh, like, you wouldn't move like me asking him, like if we had the opportunity to move to Colorado sooner, we wouldn't move. And he was like, no. And I had had this conversation with Jess before because I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know that if financially we'd got our shit together or I had an opportunity, he had an opportunity, we found our dream house, whatever it was, that before our kids were 18 that we were going to end up in Colorado. I did not know that that was not an option until that moment. And I, I, and I have to say that that also didn't anger me or frustrate me. Like I think I, people may assume that that's where it's leading me to. I just It was an, an awareness and it was another peg in the coffin of, or whatever you want to say, it was another something to the, oh my gosh, we are just not on the same page about parenting and co-parenting with our exes. And it's just becoming blatantly clear, basically. So, you know, we had, I mean, I heard his side. I didn't really say anything except for the fact that I encouraged it. Like I gave Brent the permission that I think he needed. I told Tony that, and that was kind of where our conversation ended, I think. And so, um, you know, where it picks back up is like, you know, Brent and I continue talking and I, and I've shared with him, you know, we definitely want to make sure we're ahead of this conversation. We make sure, you know, 
does Cole understand what this means and the, you know, the, the, the serious impact of it and so on and so forth. And, you know, Brent said he's been talking to him about it all year. And that was even before we had talked about it, that Cole had said, you know, I just, I, I like Haley and I want you to be happy. And I understand coming from a 12 year old that that's, that's very matter of fact, but we, first of all, we have to take it at face value, but it is our responsibility, I think, to delve deeper into those emotions too. So, um, I think the thing that maybe I am, I don't know if it's that I'm struggling the most with is that nobody wins here right now because my husband's exactly right. Like you have a son at a very crucial age, right? Like it, it probably would have been easier if you would have left when he was early or younger, but would it have been? And will it be easier when he's 18? You know what I mean? Like that, those are the things that I'm struggling with because if somebody stifled me now where I'm at, I would feel like I was suffocating. And I felt that way prior to my quarter life crisis so much so that it rocked my world. And I believe that that's probably where Brent was at, or at least on his way. And for me, in my heart, all I could feel was that this this woman's good for him, and he loves her, and he's willing to do the work. And so what if he is a better dad there? What if he becomes the person he's supposed to be? What if he finds all of the relief that I found in my life and it, it, that's why it's meant to be. And what if, what if it doesn't? What if he ends up moving back? Then he moves back. But but what if? And I can't I can't allow myself to be the person that says, no, you got to stay here for your kid. I think he already has enough guilt that he has to grapple with on making that decision himself. And that's where we're at, I think. Well, I guess I'll share my little side tidbit to this because... For those of the those of those listening, can't even talk. Pregnancy is fun. Um, that don't know, my husband Brett with two T's, no N, um, grew up with Rachel. Um, has known Rachel since they were very young. So he, uh, while they might not have been super close when she was in um, when she had Cole or when she was engaged to Brent, her ex, um, he was still watching from the distance so he knows who all the characters are well he also worked with us too yeah he did so he knew brent he knows brent too yeah um but he knows it's very fun for me or very uh, i don't even know how to describe it other than easy for me because my best friend and my husband know each other's life histories so i don't have to spend 10 minutes prefacing any story that i tell my husband about my best friend because he already knows everything yeah um he knows more than i do on some things so it's it's nice. It's easy for me. But, um, what the day that you told me that your ex Brent was going to be moving to Texas, you know, you and I had like a mini conversation about something like just reiterating some of the things that you and I have discussed in our personal development journeys over the last two years about, you know, we have to do what's best for us. We can't always be doing what's best for other people. That's really what my personal development journey has been about because, you know, when I first met my husband, like he very much so knew that I was a people pleaser and that I would bend over backwards and go out of my way, miles out of my way, just to make somebody else's life easier, even if it meant harboring more of a burden for myself. So when you and I had that conversation, it was very much so focused on this is what's right for Brent. 
This is what he needs to focus on himself because he can't be, uh, he can't reach his true potential unless he's living his life for himself. And it's not that he doesn't care about his son. It's not that he's abandoning Cole. It's that he has to focus on himself in this journey of his life, this phase of his life so that he can be a better dad to Cole and so that he can give a better example of how to live your life for his son because so many of us in our generation at least speaking from my own personal experience um, we watched our parents suffer to provide for us or they didn't follow their dreams or they didn't go after what made them happy because they're yeah because and it their parents told them that you have to sacrifice to provide for your family there was not this um you know, thought process of I can do both. I can be happy and provide for my family. So our generation is is becoming more aware of the different routes in life and the different avenues that you can take. And so when you told me that Brent was moving to Texas, I didn't even really for a second think like, oh shit, like, you know, I was very much so you in this situation. I had the same thought process. I was like, good for him. I knew his girlfriend was from Texas. I didn't realize that she originally was living in Nebraska. I just knew that she lived currently in Texas. Um, And so in my head, I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Awesome. And I have seen how you guys co-parent from behind the scenes and respect so much, how much you guys communicate openly about things that I didn't have any qualms or like red flags fly in the air immediately about this isn't going to work. You know, not once did that, is that where my brain went? So when I was telling my husband, Brett, Um, you know, I just casually mentioned it to him. I was just like, Oh, Hey, like this thing happened. Like Rachel told me that Brent's going to move to Texas. And my husband, Brett stopped dead in his tracks and was like, what the fuck? Like he's abandoning his son. He's moving across or like across the country. He's not going to be able to go to school events or school activities. He's not going to be able to go have lunch with his son at school. Like listing off all of the things that my husband would want to do for his children, but didn't one stop and think that this might be what's best for him, another, a completely different human being. And so we had a very short conversation because it was, I could tell that it struck a chord with Brett um, because of the situation that he's currently in with his ex-wife. And it's kind of the, it's kind of flip-flopped and without going into too much detail about it, his ex-wife is the one that has moved more than once um, away from Lincoln Now, granted, she didn't move states away, but she has moved more than an hour away from where we live and where the children grew up. So he doesn't have the opportunity to see his kids every day or every week. He doesn't have the opportunity to go to lunch with them at school, things like that, just because of his work schedule. And, you know, this year they're in homeschool. But there was a lack of communication between the two of them before that decision was made. It was kind of a we were notified afterwards of that that's what was going to happen. And so he felt like he had no, no say in the matter, no communication in the matter, his thoughts, feelings, desires for how he wanted to interact with his children or how present he wanted to be in their life was completely stripped away from him. So, and in his mind, he is very much so that the type of dad that wants to be in his kid's life, he wants to see them every day. And when he got divorced from his ex-wife, it crushed him because not only was his marriage, you know, going under, or I can't think of the word that I was trying, like dissolving, um, how he was parenting prior, it completely changed. He had to go from being a full-time parent, seeing his kids every day, even if it was, you know, only briefly because of his work schedule, he got to see his kids every single day. 
And now it was very abruptly, he only got to see his kids every other weekend. And so it crushed him as a, like to a core level. And he has been re- rebuilding himself and figuring out who he is as a person um, and as, as a parent since that all originally happened two in, almost three years ago now for himself. So hearing that another dad would willingly move across the country away from his child, not understanding how their co-parenting situation is going to work, no, not understanding or asking even how the visitation schedule is going to work, my husband's gut reaction was, that's not okay. Like, that would never fly in my book. I would never be okay with that. And so I had a very, like, very condensed breakdown of, but what if he is happier in Texas? What if, what if he is a better dad in Texas because he's not stressed out about losing his relationship and he's not distracted by the negatives in his life and he has more positive energy in his life and he's able to push that positive energy onto Cole. And, you know, I, I just threw out, I was like, well, maybe this is how their visitation schedule is going to work. And I tried to like pan it in a way that didn't seem so harsh Without, because even I don't know exactly how your guys' visitation schedule is going to work, because that's not my business. But I just was trying to ease my husband's like anxiety, because it I could tell how harshly it made him feel about things. But it was it kind of it surprised me, I guess, to see how harshly he reacted about somebody else's life, and it made me just it kind of made me step back and reevaluate my own thought process about my husband and his ex-wife and their co-parenting situation and the fact that for the last two years that I've been in the picture, I have very harshly judged his ex-wife and the decisions that she's made. And I don't agree with all of the things that she's said or done in life, but that's okay because it's not my life. And I recognize that she's not living her life to make my life more convenient. She is living her life to better herself and to become a happier human being for her children because that's Ultimately, that's all we, we want is we want to better ourselves as human beings so that our children have better examples of how to grow up and how to communicate with each other or with ourselves, with our parents, with society, that they have a better example of how to live life and be happy and not just be a people pleaser and not just sacrifice to provide for your family and not just do all of these things that our parents had examples of. Yeah. So it's. It, it, it is so crazy how similar our lives are at every step of the way between you and I, Rachel. And it's crazy that what, like something in your life could like have such a domino effect in my life just because it sparked conversations between my husband and I, because, you know, you said that you were unaware that with you and Tony, that if, um, if you had the opportunity to move to Colorado prior to your children turning 18, you didn't know that that wasn't an option for you. Mm-hmm. Um, on the uh, flip side, <laughs> that was a conversation on my first date with Brett, is that he said he would never le- move away from Lincoln or far enough away from Lincoln that he could not be an active role in his children's life until they turned 18. And so from the moment, and I'm the, I'm the type of person that want, cannot wait to get out of Nebraska, like I'm counting down the days until my stepdaughter turns 18 because I'm like, deuces, we out, like we're moving, like we've already got plans of where we're going. So it's one of those, I've no, I've had that expectation, but it doesn't change the fact that I, my desires are still, well, what if we were happier somewhere? Like what if we had better opportunities somewhere else? And what if we had these things? But I respect that my husband 
is trying to be as active as a parent as he can with the limitations that he has in his co-parenting situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, like, it's just, um, you know, I talked to Brent a little bit about it too, because it was, I understand exactly what you're talking about. Like for, for both of our husband's sides, honestly, because that's what I was telling him was like, you know, their situation's not the same as ours. There's not as much flexibility. There's not as much give. There's not as much, um, I I would say abundance of time because that's, he's always had it. I've never restricted. Um, I mean, we definitely had, you know, our tiffs in the beginning, but it's never, it's never been that one of us feels like we're lacking. We've always been very flexible. And I think that's part of it. Like, I'm sure he would feel different if, if I, no, Brent, I'm sure he'd feel different about leaving if, he thought that I was going to make it difficult for him to see Cole or that, you know, he hadn't had that time before. It might be different, I would suspect. Um, but I also feel like, you know, kind of what you had said is that, you know, he, he, he's already sacrificed these three years being away from her. And I know when you're a parent, obviously something else comes first, but it's almost like it doesn't come first at the detriment of the human. It's this, it's the same thing. And I guess, everybody's perception of where that line is drawn is, is obviously going to be different. Um, but I feel like I'm excited that if, if she's been this good for him this far away and I've been this good for him this close when I'm not even his intimate partner anymore, when the roles are reversed and he's got everybody breathing down his neck about how he's going to fail by doing this and how crazy does he think he is and blah, blah, blah. blah. But if two women in his life are like, no, nah, dude, you do you and just know you can pick yourself back up. Like it's, it doesn't mean failure. It just means one way of not living your life and whatever that means, you know, it's just, I just think he's, he, he's going to feel so light and free and more like himself than he's ever been. Um, I'm, I'm just hopeful for that. And you know, that's what we're talking about is like, that's the message that I want my son to get is that you can't put your happiness in a box um, you know, that's why we are all struggling now, I think, is because we think that something that we have is making us happy, and it's not. It's not. If you have worry, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, there's a reason why. And I, I, I can't imagine being in a position where I felt like my child was being held from me or I had to follow such strict, condi- strict conditions just to show up for them. I can't imagine um, so, you know, what I am learning about that, that means that there's probably, I mean, there's probably no way I'll, I'll be out of Nebraska before October 1st, five years from now or whatever it is. But yeah. that doesn't mean that I won't be so unbelievably happy about where I'm at. And it doesn't mean that I won't be grateful for this process here. And it doesn't, but it also doesn't mean that I'm going to put all hopes on the shelf that it couldn't happen. Right. Well, and. I know that Tony's co-parenting situation is completely different than any of ours. Um, I guess every co-parenting situation is, is drastically different from the next, but you know, five years is a long time. And so there a lot could happen and I am hopeful for, for growth in that department so that, you know, something could drastically change and you guys could be in Colorado sooner than later, but it's, but Colorado will still be there in five years. So it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. And we're going to live on a compound together and it's going to be great. <laughs> oh my God. And we're going to grow all the weed. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Well, it's a conversation that, um, 
that my husband Brett and I have had a, a little bit more frequently. We've had it a couple of times in the, in the duration of our relationship, which is only a little over two years old. Um, but it's crazy that, you know, we met in September of 2018, but by November of 2018, we were already living together. So I feel like we've been together a lot longer than two years. But um, in the very beginning, um, even from, I, I want to say the first messages that he and I had exchanged, I was very adamant about A, I had never dreamed about dating somebody with kids because I didn't want to deal with baby mama drama. And I had a really good example from my own parents about how not to co-parent. And I didn't have any other real life experience with co-parenting. So I thought that that's how every situation would be. And I wanted no part of it. Um, but when I, there was something different about Brett and I was drawn to him. It was the universe. It really truly was. Um, but I was very vocal about my opinions on the fact that his children needed to come first. If we got into a relationship, if I moved in with him, every step of the way was, okay, but how is this going to affect your kids? And we need to be mindful of how, how it's going to impact them, how emotionally they're going to be. And we need to make sure that they're happy and that we're not forcing something upon them that's going to cause them distress. Because that's, in my own experience, I don't feel like at any point in my parents' divorce dating lives in between getting they both got remarried my mom had another kid I as a child felt forgotten mm -hmm. and kind of abandoned even though mm -hmm. my parents were still physically there they were making decisions I mean my mom got married got remarried um, didn't tell us beforehand that they were going to get married I got into a car accident that morning and she took me to the hospital got me checked out I was okay um, fractured ribs all, all that fun stuff took me back to school so that she could go to the courthouse that day and get married and never once invited us to her wedding. So it was one of those things where I felt like my mother was, was creating a new life for herself. And there's plenty of things, um, you know, in the 15 years since they got married or 16, oh my gosh, 16 years since they got married that have happened that have kind of cemented that feeling for me that I felt abandoned by my parents, even though they were still physically surrounding me um and so it was very important for me to make sure that brett did not did not forget about his kids mm -hmm. did not treat his kids the way i felt i was treated by my parents and i was very vocal about that to his ex-wife where i tried to be that hey i respect that his time with his kids is limited his kids need to be top priority i don't you know i'm not going to be that girlfriend that's like like oh, your kids are coming again for the weekend like can't we just have alone time like no when the kids are there, even now when the kids are here, my focus is on them because I feel like that's where it should be. But he, Brett, has been going to a um, kind of like a guy's group therapy, like just hangout night um, with some with a group of adult men who most of them have either are going through divorce, have been divorced, um, have co-parenting situations of their own that they're trying to navigate emotions and things through. So it's a really healthy kind of talk therapy group that he goes to. Mm -hmm. And through discussing some of the issues that he, that Brett is working through in his life, these other guys have kind of opened up to him about the fact that while well, yes, putting your kids first, um, he was failing to put our relationship anywhere near the top of his priority list. And they black and white pointed out that, Hey, your kids are going to grow up and your kids are going to move out. And then you're going to have this fiance, mother of your child, now wife, living in your house with you do you want to grow up and be roommates or do you want to grow up and have a healthy relationship and so he brett and i'm i was very emotional when brett came home from his very first group therapy meeting and was like hey 
I have been failing to make you a priority in my life. You are my number one priority. And like, oh, I'm getting all hot and sweaty now. Just talk about it. Cause it's, it's not that his kids aren't a priority. It's that he re- realizes that they are not his entire life. They should not be his entire life. They are a very important part of his life. But when they turn 18, when they turn 19, they could up and move to another country. They could, they're starting their own life. We are here to guide them and to love them and make them feel safe and secure and help them become successful, abundant human beings in society. But they cannot and should not be 100% of our, our lives. And so it's so, it was so funny to me that Brett had had that conversation with me a month or two before I told him about Brent moving to Texas, but it struck a chord with him and it made him feel so insecure or angry or whatever, so emotional about his own parenting situation that he went back to his old ways of thinking. So I just tried to point that out to him. I was like, all Brent is doing is making his relationship, his number one priority, because he knows that in, you know, in six years, Cole is going to be on his, like, is going to be an adult, is going to be living, starting his own life, focusing on himself. So Brett needs to make sure that he's making his relationship a priority now. And he's living in the now to make that a priority and make that a thing. And it's still, for me personally, it's still hard to not make the kids a priority. Like, it's still a weird it's a mental thing that I have to get past because by acknowledging it in the now that the kids should not and cannot be your number one only thing in life, I have to recognize that my feelings as a child, like I'm, I have to, I'm almost being forced to confront the broken child in myself and forgive my parents for 28 years of hurt and misunderstanding. And it's not easy it is not easy to to look back on a situation that I've felt so right about with my anger and my resentment towards my parents and I recently opened up to my mom about some of the resentment that I was harboring towards about her wedding because I went off went off and got eloped and didn't tell anyone that we were getting eloped or getting married and then when my mom said something about it I made a very harsh comment about well you didn't tell me about your wedding, so I didn't tell you about mine. So I was kind of like, ha, there, stick it. And so we had an adult conversation about it afterwards, and I kind of opened up to her about, you know, I, like, why didn't you tell us about it? Why didn't you tell us about your wedding, your your situation? And she opened up to me about the fact that she had asked if my stepsister could be present that day, and my stepsister's mom flat out said, no, she, you're not allowed to take her out of school. She can't miss school for something like something as stupid as that or whatever. And so my mom felt that it was not fair to have her biological children present at her wedding and not her stepchild. So she just had no children. And it was because she didn't want her biological children mad at her stepdaughter for whatever reasons. So they just didn't tell us that my mom was getting married that day. And I was like, mom, if you would have explained that to me, 16 years ago, I would have been completely understanding and said, hey, I support you guys getting married, whatever. I mean, I probably wouldn't because I was an angry 12-year-old, but I would have been able to heal from it a lot faster versus holding and bottling in all this resentment for 16 years thinking, why didn't my mom love me enough to tell me that she was getting married? Why didn't my mom care enough about me to include me in her big day? Mm-hmm. So it's, ugh, it, it's so crazy how having a conversation about your co-parenting situation with my husband literally like just 
unearthed a can of worms for me and my husband to have deep conversations about and then for me to do a ton of inner reflection so for the listeners out there be careful when you start your personal development journeys because simple conversations with your best friend will have domino effects and it's like an avalanche where it just keeps getting bigger and deeper and the thing that I'm proud about on my my 10 minute rant is not once in all of that thought process, because this was like over a week of like me unraveling all this emotion and thought process and stuff the, the first time it happened. Not once did I shy away from the feelings or bottle them back down and say, nope, too hard. I'm not going to look back at that. I'm not going to deal with that. I, I actively chose to process what I was feeling and dissect what was happening, what happened, you know, 16 years ago with, between me and my parents what happened two years ago, three years ago with my my ex or my husband, my husband and his ex-wife, what happened, you know, within the last six months between my husband and I, and what is currently happening um, in all areas of my life. And that's something that two and a half years ago, I would have never once allowed myself to feel any of that because it would have been too hard, too emotional. And I'm doing this shit. It's too painful. And I'm doing this shit eight months pregnant. So my hormones are all over the place. And I feel like I feel things a lot more. But I feel like I'm like subconsciously, universally, like soul on a soul level. I feel like I am hardwiring Harper's brain on how to process these emotions. So while she's not, she might not be able to understand the words that I'm saying. I feel to my core that she, that she can understand the energy and that it might start out as turmoil and like, you know, bad feelings. And, but I feel like I'm road mapping her brain on how to get from the bad feeling to the good feeling. And it's happening quicker and quicker each time I confront those emotions. So be careful what you, you start with your personal development journey. Cause it's necessary, but it gets messy. The nice thing to think about or to remind yourself is that it gets easier and it gets it a little bit quicker. It does get easier and, and you build more confidence and you're yeah. more secure in yourself. And, and I think that it was probably one of the biggest things I was struggling with is that like the thing it was pulling at was conflict in my marriage and yeah. we rarely have that. And that was why I feel like I was like so overwhelmed because what I feel like is I always have that. And I've mentioned this before that because my husband is 11 years older than I am, he's always had more experience. He always will have more experience. So I've always looked to him and I've, I forget the word I use now because it's not validation. It's maybe reference. I don't know that I, I always felt like he was going to know more than I would. I always felt like I was going to look to him for the wisdom. And, um, and I do, I still do. But I think that for me to feel a different way, which has almost never happened, it almost scared me because it was just like, do you just appease and go, yeah, I hear you. And mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't going to like, you know, kiss ass. Like, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that either. But it was still hard. It was still hard because it also did. Because like what we said, like I, for me, it was like I felt like I got slapped in the face with a different perspective, which is what I should do because I need to come from other sides of the fence on it. But um, I, I don't know. I just, I just took a deep breath because I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, I think that what you had said about like being able to translate that to your mom's wedding was really important because that was what I felt in my heart was 
Tony made an incredibly valid point. Well, he's going to lose a house, he's losing a pet, and he's losing his dad. And I'm like, uh, again, something I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, everything's changing on that side of the fence. I think for me, the positive Sally side was like, but he's going to be spending more time here. And where I have no qualms about him living with his dad, that will give him more stability when he's in one environment more frequently, which could be good for him. Uh, It doesn't mean that he won't miss his dad. But if we also are aware of such a poignant thought from a father's perspective of we need to address abandonment. Again, I'm not saying that I would have glossed over it, but to have that exposure and level of person personal mm, association, I guess, to it would be it. Um, having that insight was is good for both Brett and I because he Brett Cole's never had to worry about that before. He's never had to deal with it before. He's never even had it as a right. thought. So if we are staying on top of that and saying, Hey, having feelings is okay. We're not asking you not to be sad. We're not asking you to think that being upset is wrong. What we want to do is make sure that we address it. So is it that all of a sudden you're feeling sad because you missed dad? Or is it because all of a sudden you're fathoming in your brain, dad chose Haley over me because that's not right. And we want to make sure you know that. And you always know that, like you had said, we're going to love you forever. We're going to love you unconditionally. It doesn't matter if I'm here or in a different state. It doesn't matter if I'm not on planet earth anymore. So that's the message that should be driven home regardless of the situation all day, every day anyway. And for, for me, I feel like if I'm able to impart security to my child in that manner, that his self-worth and his value is it and it's enough, then it sets everybody free. Because if that's one gift I could give to my husband, which I don't know that he can see it from this side yet, is that hear my heart when I say that's borderline ego. I'm so important in my child's world that how devastated and rocked would they be if I'm not present? And I'm just saying this out loud just now, just so everybody understands. I'm just now forming this sentence for this recollection. So it's not that it's accusatory. It's not that I've been harboring it. It's an important thing that I think that I've always been able to do. And that's why I'm always feeling like I'm the odd man out when it comes to being a mom. This entire time my kid's been in COVID um, quarantine, we've spoke on the phone twice. We haven't video chatted once. And I've seen him through a glass door twice when I dropped off groceries and food. For some mothers, they would think that I was the devil. They would, they would chastise me for not doing more, seeing him more, calling him more. Um, dude, I called him on Saturday and asked him if he wanted to like play Pictionary on Zoom. He's like, nah, I'm cool. You know, so some people could look at that and some moms could be offended by it. I have, it's not that I'm not close to my kid. Like, I don't know how to say this in any other way. It's just the relationship we have. I don't feel insecure when he's at Brent's house. And I need to make it clear that I don't think that my husband is insecure either. I think from his side, it's just what Brett has, right? It's the limited access. It's the limited visibility. So I'm going to connect with my kid in any shape or form that I can. And I don't have to worry about scarcity. So I don't, I don't feel a need or I, and I don't, I, I feel like I'm slippery sloping here because I, it's not, it's not accusatory and it's not insultive. It's just different. It's just, no, it's all different. it is, is is different. I think that you are hitting the nail on the head, at least from my perspective of you are not parenting your son from a place of fear. You are not threatened by another woman's role in your child's life. So you feel very secure when Cole goes to his dad's house You feel very secure, or I assume, because of how well I know you, that when Cole visits Texas, because Cole has visited Haley in Texas with his dad, 
you do, you're not sitting there by the phone like, oh, is he going to like her more than me? Is he going to want to like completely move away from me and not have communication with me? It's no, it's how great is this opportunity that there's another woman that loves my son as much as I do or an, enough that he feels safe and secure with her and he is not afraid of her for what whatever. You feel secure in your role as a mother because you know that you're showing up doing what you need to do to help raise him and make him the best person version of himself that he can be. And you are living your life now in a way that you're healing yourself. You're doing what you need to do. You're doing the work and you're helping to translate that to a level that he understands so that he's on the journey with you and that he understands how you're parenting. But then on the flip side of that is our husband's are coming from a place of insecurity and are coming from a place of fear. And it might not be. I would just say lack. I would just say lack. Yeah. Cause it's just, they don't have, they have lack of control, lack of time. Exactly. Lack of access. access. Yes. So our husbands are coming from a place of lack, a place of fear. And the idea of having less access to their children, whether it's intentional, their, their idea or not, the idea of having less than what they already have when they feel like they have it, they're coming from a place of lack already yeah. scares them. Yeah. So I think that it's, it's just different because of the role that you have in Cole's life and the position and the co-parenting that you and, and your ex have versus the co-parenting that our husbands and their exes have. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, when I, when I see how well, or when I hear stories about you and Brent, co-parenting and how often you guys talk and how pleasant things are it makes like like I I feel immense jealousy and like that's that's to me jealousy is a bad feeling like it's it's not nobody wants to feel like they have less than or that their experience is not as great as somebody else's so it's it's definitely not like a and it's not on you at all it's just a I like sincerely desire that for my husband. I want, I hope that at some point in life, my husband can have that type of co-parenting relationship with his ex-wife so that there is ease of if either of them wanted to move. Cool. Awesome. How can we make this work instead of how dare you take my children away from you again? How dare you make my life more difficult? Things like that. I mean, I know that it's not an overnight thing and I know that it takes work on both sides, but I'm hopeful that eventually that that's where our life will lead us. And if not, I'm, I am content in knowing that when the children are with us, Brett and I do what we need to do to make the children feel loved and safe and secure. And that we do have a good relationship with the kids and that I feel very blessed to be their stepmom because of how much they, how much love they show me. And, and it's very apparent that I, I'm doing what I need to do to be a positive impact in their life and a positive role. So that's what matters to me. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yes, I know. So I, I was, I don't know. I'm chicken shit. Like I'm like, I really need to talk to my husband before we publish this, this podcast because I just want to be respectful, but I don't feel like I said anything that I hadn't said to him. Well, that's not true. I just said a lot of stuff I haven't said to him yet, but it was just because I hadn't processed it yet. My point is, is that I haven't said anything on this podcast that I'm hiding from him, I guess is what I'm looking for, because I very much respect him. I very much respect our boundaries and our relationship. And more importantly, the fact that he does have something to say and insight into our relationship, my son's relationship and, you know, his future. So, 
you got to be grateful for that. And that's that's the lesson, of course, is like you had said, when you're uncomfortable as hell, it means that something good's happening, whether you know it or not. And I, I don't know if it's for Brent uh, or if it's for my relationship and us growing through that together or if it's just for Cole or if it's for everybody. But um, that's what I'm, I'm going to cling to is the, the notion that it's there's a silver lining that will come out of it. Well, yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm really excited for, I was going to say jealous again, but this is not a bad feeling. I'm excited for Cole because we live in a modern time to the point where FaceTime is an option. So anytime he misses his dad, he's going to be able to call him. Anytime that he wants to, you know, have a relationship, it, it might not look the same as it does right now. But just because Brent is moving to Texas does not mean that that relationship is cut off. It means that it's going to change and it's going to teach Cole how to adapt and how to, he's going to have to learn how to voice his emotions and his feelings about things. And it's going to, I'm excited for the potential growth that Cole will get to go through and experience at such a young age, because that conflict resolution internally will help him later in life. Um, But also when he gets to go visit Texas and when he gets to go see his dad, all of the different adventures he's going to be able to experience and that he's truly going to be able to live in another, in another place, you know, maybe not as extensively or as for as much, you know, physical time, but he is going to have that experience and he is going to be able to make a better decision about his future based on his life experiences. So there's so many people, I mean, I know we're running out of time, but there's so many people that I went to high school with that are still here that have never left. And like, I've left twice and come back, but that was for financial reasons. (laughs) Lincoln's Lincoln's cost of living is just so much lower than all of the other places I want to live right now. But Cole is going to have that experience and that, that it's just, I'm excited for him in, in all the best ways for all the different experiences that he's going to have that are, is going to help shape him into a better human being. And I'm kind of interested, like it's kind of a weird science thing, but I'm kind of interested to see like the differences in Cole in 10 years and the differences in Quentin in 10 years, because from what I see, like they're pretty similar when they're around each other, but with this, drastic change in their upbringing like even though they're brothers even though that they are going to live with each other half the time their experience in the life are going to be so drastically different that in 10 years they could be on completely different paths like from each other that look nothing alike so it's kind of a cool science experiment that i'm going to sit back and take notes on i guarantee guarantee they'll be in two different places because they they're very they're very different children but i appreciate your kind words because it gives me some relief in that sense is that that's exactly how i'm going to look at it is that as long as i am aware and, and diligent about staying on top of the conversation i'm not suspecting that i'm going to guide his perception but i definitely feel like i will be able to offer the relief side to the emotion of when he does question because it's inevitable that he will just to say no this is a different way to look at it um and giving him the confidence that brent and i both did not receive um you know growing up from our parents about do what makes you happy and live that life kind of thing so thank you for letting me have this space to uh to to let that all out and if y'all are in uh blended families feel free to reach out to the both of us Uh, i know you talk all the time about how you guys haven't been together very long but you have still been in a blended family and your experience in a newer blended family is totally different, obviously, than a veteran as I've been in now for five years. But everybody's situations are pertinent and they're important. Um, and the more perspectives we have on blended families, the better off we're going to be, I think, and ultimately giving those kids an unconditional love. Because that's, that's what we're here to do and teach them those things. So let them know where they can find you. 
photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook and Instagram. You can also search for that private group. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson on Facebook. That's right. That's right. Don't forget to share this podcast. You've got some value from it. Sharing is caring. It makes you beautiful. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, vote for parties, uh, empowerment classes coming up, and the sexual wellness and intimacy building of the 18 years or older VIP page that I forgot to mention earlier, but you probably already know about that anyway. So uh, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, it means the world to us that you listen, even when it's just us venting about our own problems. So hopefully you got some value from that. Stay happy, <laughs> stay healthy, wash your hands, and happy gratitude holiday. That's what I'm going to say about that. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.